0: you are listening to the yummy mummy podcast episode number 165
1: welcome to the yummy mummy podcast where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time and now here's your host certified life and weight loss coach laura conley
0: hello yummy mummies we have a really super crazy special amazing guest today. But before we dive in, I want to let you know that doors are open for the Yummy Mummy Experience, my six-month group coaching and course that literally guarantees you lose weight for the last time. So we're going to start on January 17th, and we're going to do it. We're going to become free from food forever. We're going to lose weight for the last time. We're going to love our freaking lives, pass down a really bomb-ass legacy to our kids around food, around body, around what it means to live a full delicious life. So if you are ready and PS ready is a decision, (laughs) you could just make it. If you are ready, if 2024 is your year, it is your year. This is your turn. It is your time. Go to lauracomley.com, click work with me and let's get you signed up. Let's get you losing weight for the last damn time. Can you imagine come June, come July, you're ready for the summer. It's not too good to be true. You're going to have to borrow my belief in you. And in this program, That's why there's a money back guarantee because I know it works. Then get over there and sign up. All right. Without further ado, I want to give you this episode with my client, Leonora. You are going to love it. She has truth bomb after truth bomb inside. Leonora, welcome to the Yummy Mummy podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here. Introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of weight loss and body and
1: yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me, Laura. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to amplify you and your work because you're such a gift. So a little bit about me. I live in Tennessee. I'm a college professor and an executive coach. What those two things have in common is being an educator. And that's what and who I am at heart. The two most important students in my life are my two children. I have a non-binary child who's 14 and a daughter who's 15.
0: Amazing. Okay. So tell us, let's just dive right in. Tell us a little bit about why you signed up for the Yummy Mummy, what you were struggling with before you found the Yummy Mummy. Like what was your before, so to speak? And I don't mean like the image of you, right? But like How did you feel in your body? How did you feel in your life? Like, what was it like for you before you had found this work?
1: Yeah. Well, so, Laura, as you know, I'm also a coach. And I was working with a client in an individual coaching engagement who was working with you inside the Yummy Mummy experience. And I noticed that coaching her was not like coaching any other client I had served before because she was so adept at discerning some of the models that you teach inside the Yummy Mummy experience. So that was the how of Mm -hmm. me finding you. And the version of me that found you knew in my head that in coaching, you can't ever really believe the story that someone comes to you with. So I came to you with a belief that I needed to lose weight. And the me that believed that had struggled My entire life with my relationship with food. It was a source of emotional comfort or emotional celebration. The way I was eating was bringing me joy for a nanosecond and then sadness and shame for minutes, hours, days after that. Mm. And I needed to clean that up, but I had no idea where to even look inside myself to begin cleaning that work up. And so, one of the sayings that we have in coaching a lot is, never believe what a client tells you they need to work on. And that's not meant to be condescending to clients. It's that usually the results that we get in life come from stories that we're not even aware we're telling ourselves. And even though I'm a coach, I had very little awareness around the stories I was telling myself about food. And therefore, the result that I was living into was that I was not only overweight, I was actually in an obese BMI. So I was overweight but my inflammation markers were off the chart. Mm. I hated looking at myself in the mirror. I was automatically excluding myself from activities that involved using my physical body. Mm. And I was really kind of diluting the life that I think I'm meant to live.
0: Mm. Oh my God. What a powerful word. Diluting the life you thought you were meant to live. That's so interesting. Wow. Okay. So tell us a little bit. The listeners always just, they want the back. So How much weight have you lost? Tell us a little bit about now. Like now, how do you feel in your relationship with yourself, with food, your body, all of that? Tell us a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I've lost 42.8 pounds. I know. August 1st, 2023. And today is December 18th, 2023. Oh my God. That is so badass. That's so great. It feels amazing. And One of the invitations that you extend to the women inside your experience is to journal and reflect on what it feels like to lose weight as you go along. So here's the interesting thing. Like, of course, I feel better because I'm wearing smaller jeans and it's easier for me to do ab work in Pilates class. And I don't worry on an airplane that I'm taking up part of the seat of the person next to me. There are all these very practical things that feel great. But what feels even better is the stories that I tell myself about my body and the corrected relationship to food and the things that I want to eat. And that's really what has freed me to shed all that weight. And I posted inside the experience a couple of months ago that while calculating the number of pounds feels great, the stories that I have shed with every single one of those pounds are so much more freeing than the weight loss itself. Mm. And as long as I keep looking at those stories, the weight will keep coming off. The Mm. second that I make it only about the weight and the food, then I'm not doing the work that is what really creates the results. Mm. And so what is it like to be now? I love my body unconditionally, and those are words that I have never – well, probably when I was a toddler, I felt that way, but as soon as we begin to metabolize the stories from the outside world, particularly as women, about what our body should look like and stuff, Mm -hmm. I haven't felt that way since I had any awareness of those things. Mm -hmm. And now it's like true, it's ineffable, it's unassailable. I love my body unconditionally. Oh, my God. I could cry. That's so awesome.
0: Yeah, it's like who cares about the 42.8 pounds if you feel – unconditional love towards yourself, towards your body. Like that is the greatest gift. You're with yourself
1: every day, all day. So if that's true, if I love myself unconditionally and I've committed to myself that I'm going to honor a protocol of eating in a way that serves my body, eating foods at times, the specific foods, like in a way that all serves, why would I not honor a commitment that I made to the person I love the most in the world? That's why the weight is going to stay off forever.
0: Yeah, it's like I always say, right? You can't hate yourself then. We've all tried it 70 70 something times, and it just doesn't work until you really start to learn the practice of loving yourself because that is that you put it so succinctly. I love that. Like, why would I not want to honor a commitment to the person I love the most?
1: Yeah. The idea of breaking the commitment that I made to myself feels as crazy actually even more crazy than trying some of the weight loss things that I tried along the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So tell us a little bit about a story or two that you used to have that you've now shed. Yeah.
1: So one is that um, my body was too ugly to be seen in bathing suits and revealing clothes. And I know where those stories came from. I actually have memories of some of the times that people said things like that to me that ended up being imprinted in my brain. Hmm. So I just don't believe that story anymore. It's actually even hard for me to speak that story out loud on this podcast right now because it's so like anathema to what I believe right now. The story now is my body is the only home that I'm ever going to have. It's beautiful with its scars from having kids and living life. And It can and should be seen by every and anyone. And anyway, it's not about other people. It's about me. So if the things I want to do involve my body being seen, then high world, here it is. (laughs) Let's go. I love it. (laughs) We're going to the nude beaches
0: this summer with Leonora. I love
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) See, I only would have made a joke that says, oh, nobody wants to see that. Mm. But the me today is imagining the freedom of what it would feel like to be naked on a beach. Mm. Oh, my God. So fun. So wild. I love it.
0: (laughs) That's going to have to be the next Yummy Mummy retreat. (laughs) Okay. So how would you describe, since we did a little bit of like kind of before and after or before and now, like in one word, how would you describe the you that was struggling with her relationship with food and her body? how would you describe that woman in a word? And how would you just describe yourself in one word
1: now? The woman who was struggling was trapped Mm. and the woman today is free. Mm. Wow.
0: I love that. That's so awesome. But Leonora, as a coach, I can imagine, because I used to do this to myself, I can imagine like, if I'm so smart, why can't I figure this out? If I've got all these degrees, I've got all these certifications, I've, I'm successful in every other area of my life. Why can't I figure this one thing out? And I think that that adds another layer of shame to this problem. Not that there should be any shame, but just because of the cultural conditioning that we get yeah. for so many of us, there is shame. And I just wonder if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I actually think it's a really important
1: question. So I think that there are a couple of things. One is, For sure, as a coach who is helping people figure out some pretty deep things, I had an embodied sense of misalignment that I couldn't figure out, weight on my own. So I just want to validate that question as being a very relevant one. Hmm. The next thing is, and I think you used this analogy on a podcast in the past couple of months, the orange juice can't read the writing on the label. So if I'm living inside myself, I just can't clearly see. What might be holding me back? And in some ways, being a coach made me, I think, more able to come into a coaching experience totally open to receive because I wasn't in any resistance about does the process, you know, does the coaching process work? Mm. And it was very freeing not to have to be the person creating the coaching container. I could just come and be held (laughs) by you. So for me, I think being Yes, I definitely had shame that I couldn't use my own techniques to clean up my own things. And I also understand enough about how coaching works to really realize like you can't, it, it's really, really, really hard to coach yourself without the tools in a process and then mm-hmm. support being held outside of you. So one of the analogies that I use when I am explaining to people why hiring a coach makes sense is my wedding analogy. Have I ever told you this? No, tell me. I can't wait. Okay. Okay. So if I asked you, Laura Conley, are you smart and organized enough that you could plan a wedding? Could you line up the caterer? Could you get the venue? Could you hire the band? Could you make sure that the invitations look beautiful and the gifts were there? Of course you could. On your wedding day, is that your job? Oh, hell no. Right? You should not be doing any of that stuff on your wedding day. In other words, I find it nearly impossible to engage in content if you have any responsibility for holding the process. I Mm. cannot be the wedding planner and bride Mm. at the same wedding day. It's one or the other. And that distinction, I think, is what it's like to be a professional coach inside a coaching experience. That's so
0: helpful. Yeah, because I think so many people are like, I should be able to do this on my own. Like, I know all the things, even though they can't get themselves to do it. They're like, I know, I've read every freaking diet book out there. I've done every program. Why can't I just get myself to do it? And it's like, because it just doesn't work that way. And I think a lot of people are like, why do I have to have a coach for weight loss? Right? Like this seems like something that I should be able to just read a book about and be able to execute.
1: And if that works for you, that's beautiful. And I'm so happy for you, but I'm 50 and I've been <laughs> at this for four decades. Hmm. I mean, literally the first diet I ever went on was, so when I was in middle school, I rode away because we didn't have the internet in those days to summer fat camps because I really wanted to lose weight and I didn't tell my parents that I was doing that. And when I got the catalogs, they were very surprised. I think they just hadn't Mm. thought it was that big a problem and, and it wouldn't have occurred to them to seek that solution there. It was There was nothing in their response that made me feel better or worse about myself. Mm-hmm. But I share that story just to indicate how young I was.
0: Mm.
1: So you know, 11 or 12. yeah, When I began to believe stories that my body just wasn't as it was supposed to be. Mm. And then when I was in eighth grade, we did this thing called the diet center. My mom supported me in it. My idea, not hers. Mm -hmm. that had all sorts of food that I had to bring places. And Mm. it was back in the days when we believed that you could only lose weight by like eating grapefruits and rice cakes, which are both not (laughs) awesome on a good day. But if that's all you eat, it's grim. (laughs) And then that extended into trying all sorts of things to try Mm. to manage my weight. Like I went through college on a diet of bagels with no cream cheese mm. not it because we were worried about the fat and cream mm-hmm. cheese, but not like the wheat and carbs and the bagel and diet snapple. Mm. And, and then like die. beer at night because it was in yeah. college. And yeah. I was surprised that my body didn't feel good <laughs> and that I was not at the weight at which I wanted to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was this signaling that happened in my body from the time I was little. I've never really liked sweets. So mm. in the afternoons when people would have sugary snacks, which like, by the way, a message to the universe, if we could eliminate that as a thing for kids, that would be great. Please. And thank you. But anyway, it would be like snack time and the cookies would come out and I would find that I wouldn't want to eat them, but I did because everyone else was. Oh. And then I wouldn't feel great after, but I didn't, I just thought there was something wrong with me. I didn't know to pay attention to that.
0: Hmm.
1: And so, you know, that set the stage for constantly being a seeker of weight loss plans and diets of feeling like I'd craft the code and found the secret. And every time I started one of those programs, it felt, to use a term that you use a lot, very white knuckly. Like I had to hang on for dear life because if Mm. I slipped up just once, the whole thing would be over. And because my brain was feeding itself that story, well, guess what? Every time I slipped up, it was over. I proved Mm. myself right 100% of the time. Mm. And so it was expensive it was stressful and it really fed into a cycle of me believing that I couldn't succeed Mm. at this thing called weight loss. Mm. So yeah, that's been a little bit of my journey with it.
0: And I love that you're talking about like the experience after school with the cookies, because I feel like that is so much of what we're taught is to like abandon ourselves in order to fit in. And it's like our bodies. Our, tell- like our bodies will tell us if we listen, but we're not taught to listen to our bodies. It's like this amazing, I don't know, like it's just innately intelligent. It's like, you can ask your body a question and I'll give you the right answer, but we aren't taught that. We're taught to like, nope, just do what everybody else is doing. Better fit in.
1: Yeah. Don't well, and one of the biggest stories that I've learned through working with you is like, just not a story for me is there's a very prevalent belief in our culture that eating three meals a day is healthy and that breakfast mm. is the most important meal of the day. Mm. And in 50 years, it never occurred to me to question that assumption. Scientists said it, doctor said it, it was all over the place. But in your program, one of the things we do is we choose the protocol of how we're going to eat. So for those of you who are listening who may be thinking of working with Laura, you're not going to sign up with her and then get your food list you're going to write your food list because it's different for my body than it is for Laura's body than it is for your body, for anyone else's.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So one of the experiments that I did with my protocol, because the protocol is an ever living, ever breathing experiment. That's the other thing is it's not fixed in time. What serves you at one point may not serve you later. Mm -hmm. So one of the first experiments that I did was to adopt intermittent fasting, eating between 12 and eight every day. And not eating outside of those hours. And in practicality, it ends up being more like 12 to 6 or 6 30.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, guess what I learned? Breakfast doesn't serve me. Mm. Breakfast, the healthiest meal of the day, the mm-hmm. most important thing we can do for our body. Breakfast makes me feel sluggish. Mm-hmm. It makes me retain water and makes my hands swell up and feel itchy. Mm. It makes me lack focus through the morning. And I'm not really hungry until noon. Mm. So I am so glad that I know that the story that we need three meals a day starting with breakfast doesn't serve me because Mm. now I have a protocol that does serve me. And it's my protocol, not anyone else's.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a couple points there. Number one, going back to this point about taking other people's rules and uh, applying those rules to ourselves kind of blindly, like, again, no fault of our own. But I can remember like being a kid or even being a teenager and not wanting to eat breakfast. Like I don't really eat breakfast either, but it would like make me sick. And thank god my mom was beyond her time at the time. She was like if you're not hungry, don't eat. But I don't think most moms would have given that advice. Um so a couple points I want to make about that. I think what Leonora was talking about around her protocol is really important to highlight that you're creating your own. So it's so much easier for you to want to honor it instead of it like being a prescription, right? So many of us do these diet plans. We go to the nutritionist, we go to, oh my God, I had a crazy trainer that would give me these food plans. It would be like one yogurt and one strawberry per day. It was like ridiculous. He would call me Pork Chop. Um,
1: (laughs) That was literally
0: his nickname for me, Pork Chop. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I had some severely poor judgment and not firing him on the spot in that moment. But anyways, I was desperate, right? I was so desperate to look a certain way that I didn't care. It was at all costs. But to the point of like you create your own protocol, it's so much more empowering than someone else just slapping something on you. They don't even know if it's right for your body, right? We all have, you know, our own lifestyles, our own bodies. And I do want to say that like you get a lot of help at the beginning in terms of creating Your protocol, I think a lot of people listening get scared because they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to trust myself. I don't know if I'm going to know what to pick. So I just want to say, don't worry. If and when you come into the Yummy Mummy, I'm going to help you. I'm going to hold your hand throughout the whole entire way so that you create something that really works for you and something that you really believe in and that serves you and that really makes you feel good in your body like Leonora was talking about right now in the moment and then in an hour and then the next day and the next week and so on and so forth. So I just want to highlight that because I think it's important to say.
1: Okay. I have so many thoughts and feelings about the protocol creation process and then committing to it. And for me, this has been one of the biggest revelations of your program. So first of all, I remember in the beginning of the experience being like, how am I going to know how to create a protocol? What am I going to do? I was nervous about that. So When you're talking to the future yummy mummy, who's curious about that, I was you, listener. Mm. Okay, so a couple of things. It's true, Laura does hold your hand. It's also the first time that you introduce the idea within the program that you can trust yourself, which is Mm -hmm. not usually an idea that people coming to the experience sort of understand in an embodied way at that point. But it's sort of like you're inviting the women in the experience into like a trust fall, like create a (laughs) protocol. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's so easy to accept that invitation is because you can change the protocol anytime you want, not in a way that's like, I want a cookie today, so I'm changing my (coughs) protocol to be a cookie right now. That wouldn't be an integrity, but it's using a scientific method, doing a giant experiment, you create a protocol, you follow it for two weeks. And if you're not getting the results that you want, then you look at it and you tweak it. Mm-hmm. And then you start the experiment again. Mm-hmm. And you're not ever on your own in that process because you're looking at it. You have another wonderful coach, Rose, inside the program. Shout out to Rose, I love who's that. looking at it on the days that you're not. And there's a medical doctor inside the experience who's mm-hmm. looking at it as well. The choosing your own protocol if you're thinking of doing the yummy mummy experience shouldn't feel like a burden so much as your first invitation to trust Mm -hmm. yourself in this process.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's
1: my first thought about the protocol. The second is, and Laura, you know this because I've told you this a million times, but it's my favorite stop line about the (laughs) Yummy Mummy experience. I'm not kidding you all. It is a six-month experience, and we spend one week deciding what our first protocol experiment is going to be, and five months and three weeks getting our brains comfortable, not freaking out about following it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so I right.
1: changed my protocol once. So, and I'll go ahead and be specific about my protocol more as a way of sharing how I learned to trust myself than suggesting that anyone else should adopt this protocol. But I did listen to some of Laura's advice. So, as I mentioned, intermittent fasting, I eat between 12 and 8 no, no processed sugar and no wheat flour. Although for me, rice flour occasionally is fine. And so is white rice. Like I've eaten yeah. sushi weekly on this yeah. program. I've never been a big drinker, but I have the ability to have two drinks twice a week. If I want to, that's more than I ever drink in theory, but it's like there I'm, mm-hmm. there's no restriction saying I can't, if I am invited to two parties in one week and I feel mm-hmm. like it. And After about a month of doing this and getting spectacular results, I realized there was one thing that I was really missing that I could actually have and add back in. So I made my protocol less restrictive rather than more restrictive. And the addition was adding in a serving of tortilla chips or potato chips once a week. Mm -hmm. So I could have tortilla soup or I could have chips and guac. And guess what? I've lost 42.8 pounds since August 1st. (laughs) <laughs> my body can lose weight for the last time and have some chips occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. And I did that tweak in September and I haven't felt called to do another tweak since that. Yeah. But if I do, then I'll make it and it's yeah. fine. It's no big deal. Like if it doesn't work, then I'll tweak it again. And if it continues to work, I'll keep it. But it's evolving and it's soft. It's not rigid. There's nothing hard about it. It's like a agreement with yourself, To take care of yourself in a certain way until it doesn't serve anymore and then you change it. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And you really are losing weight the
0: whole time, which sounds like kind of crazy because I I can hear the audience members being like, wait, so this is an experiment, but we're not going to like get the formula right, right away. Like the deal is we're going to be experimenting and you're going to be losing weight as you experiment, which is so awesome. I mean, and to Leonora's point, like she's lost almost 43 pounds in four and a half months. It's pretty awesome. Or well, three and a half months. Or what is it? Four and a half months. August. Four and half. Yeah, four. That's so awesome.
1: Which brings up another point, Laura, is that the fact that my weight loss has been rapid is neutral. It's not good or bad. It's mm. just where my body responded to the protocol and thought work. Yeah. Offer. But one of the things that I think can be really scary about weight loss is like, so my overall goal was 80 pounds. So I'm now more than halfway there. And- there's part of me that is like, oh, I have to wait according to Happy Scale, which is an app that helps you kind of map out a holistic weight loss journey. It's it's a source of data and it's very helpful as long as you have a healthy mindset around it, which Laura teaches you to do inside the program. Well, like, oh, I have to wait till July until I weigh what I think my <laughs> dream come true weight is, which is 130 to 135. And then I'm like, okay, well maybe, but it doesn't mean in May that I'm still gonna weigh over 200 pounds where I started. Like you have progress along the way and the progress feels good and that progress fuels you. So one of my favorite stories of celebrating progress along the way is I love this brand of jeans called frame denim. I just think they're, I love the cut, I love the fabric. And I went into a frame denim store a few weeks ago and asked to try on jeans in a size 30 which I thought was way smaller than I had any business to be asking for. But I tried them on, and they were too loose. So I was like, could I try a 29? <laughs> and I put on the 29, and they were still too loose. Oh and God. so with my heart pounding, because it was a different experience, I was like, could mm-hmm. I try a 28? So the 28 was the right fit. This was at this point almost a month ago. The 28s are a little loose now. Oh, my God. That's so wild. So one of the things that Laura teaches us to do is to celebrate milestones along the way to really reinforce this idea that loving the process of losing weight for the last time, you don't like kick it off August 1st and then come back and revisit it January twenty fourth, and the experience ends. You're engaged in celebrating that all along the way. So one of my next weight loss markers, I haven't decided exactly where it's going to be, but it's going to be getting a pair of frame jeans in size 26. Oh, yes. So fun. Oh, my God. How could I I be bummed that it's going to take me until June if I'm going down two sizes at a time along the way? right. right? I mean – Yeah, I mean, and we talk about that inside
0: too. Like we sort of soften the grip. We loosen the grip around this timeline. It's like you know you're going to get there. So if that's true, let's enjoy the process. And, I mean, I really think that's one of the secrets to life is like – learning to enjoy the process because there's no such thing as over there. Like it's a rival fallacy. Let's enjoy it now. And when we can learn that skill for weight loss, we can do that in the rest of our lives. And there's just so much peace that comes along with that.
1: Yeah, and so much freedom as well. Like one of the other benefits from the work that I've done with you is that I'm present in situations because my mind isn't worried about what am I going to eat or what am I not going to eat? Mm -hmm. because I just decide before I go. So it's like off the table. It it makes it so much easier. And we're recording this on December 18th. So we're right in the throes of the holidays. And you should listen to Laura's podcast about the holidays because she has a lot of thoughts and feelings and wisdom about that. (laughs) But I'll just say that yesterday I was at a holiday brunch and at a holiday party in the evening. And I was like, oh, okay. well, I have two parties today and I'm honoring my protocol. So that's cool. Like, that's just what it's going to be. So I got to brunch and I really enjoyed eating the things that were there that were on my protocol. I didn't make a big deal out of not eating the things that weren't. I didn't say anything in that setting. No one asked me about it. Although if you do have food pushers in your life, Laura will help you figure out how to address those (laughs) people too. I didn't have any food pushers at brunch. (laughs) <laughs> and I sat with my friends, and we had the best time. And I had a delicious, nourishing meal of eggs and tomato sauce and fruit and smoked salmon. That's all mm-hmm. on my protocol. So and good. I walked out of that brunch feeling nourished mm-hmm. and light because mm-hmm. I was free to be present. I did mm-hmm. not walk out of there feeling overly full, ashamed, mad at myself because mm-hmm. I broke into deal with this. It. It's just freeing and it's easy. And then I went to the holiday party in the evening, which was a sugar baked sweets bake-off type thing. <laughs> and there were all sorts of sugary alcoholic drinks being passed. And I walked in, got myself a Perrier, knew that I was going to eat dinner when I got home, so just took food off the table. And I caught up with three different friends who had the happiest news to share from their lives. And mm-hmm. I could receive that news and celebrate with them because my mind wasn't secretly wondering if I was going to go get a walking taco. Because mm-hmm. I decided I wasn't. No mm-hmm. walking tacos. Mm-hmm. I love it. And like
0: what is the point of these parties anyway? Connection. Yeah. We forget. I mean, yes, the food can be fun. The drinks can be fun. Like I'll give it to you, right? But like the actual point, if you ask yourself, at least for me and obviously Leonora too, since she just gave us that answer, is like connection and fun and being with our people. Like that is the point and that is like. A basic human need that is getting, to use your word, diluted with the food and the booze sometimes, right? And I love that you shared that because that is soul filling. It is it it really is. You you leave, you feel proud of yourself, you feel connected, you got you really took care of yourself. I mean, that is self-care
1: in a nutshell. And that's one of the things that you talk about is having your own back a lot. So mm-hmm. I've learned to do some really specific things to have my own back, like If I'm going – so one of the pitfalls that can come up for people doing this program is if you go into a situation where you don't know what food is going to be served and you don't have control of it, you're at someone else's house or you're at an event or a party or something, if you are not careful how you think about that experience – it can become the easiest excuse to not honor your protocol. To fit in because it looks delicious, it's the only time you're going to get it, whatever the reasons Mm -hmm. are, your brain will offer you a bazillion thoughts around that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I find the more physically hungry I am, the easier it is to succumb to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So since I intermittent fast and don't eat until noon, if I have a lunch where that's the case, I know that for me, that might be my most vulnerable time. So one of the things I do to have my own back is I order delicious bone broth from Brodo in bulk. Mm -hmm. And before I go to a lunch where I don't know what's going to be served, I'll drink a cup of bone broth, which Mm -hmm. has 10 grams of protein. It Mm -hmm. has salt to keep me hydrated. So it will quell my hunger cues. Mm -hmm. It's not so much food that I can't have food at the lunch if it's on protocol, but it's enough nourishment that if nothing's on protocol, then as you like to say, my hunger's not an emergency. I'll eat when Mm -hmm. I'm done. I always have nuts and cheese in my car Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's fine. Yeah, And there almost always is something.
0: That's what I think is so interesting too. It's like, we're like, oh my God, well, this isn't crazy restriction over here. We're not like doing these deprivation-inducing diets. It's most, I mean, 99 out of, I mean, I don't, I can't even remember the last time I went somewhere and there wasn't something that I could have. There's always something for the most part that's on protocol. I don't know if that's been your experience too. You're also in the South, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is part of my experience. And part of my protocol, I should have added this, is once a week I can have what's called a yummy mummy munchie where I can eat something that's off protocol. Mm -hmm. Not in a desperate way that this is my one chance and I'm going to stuff my face. But like if I want to, I can. So since I've been doing the yummy mummy experience, I've had pizza. I've -hmm. had an 11 course tasting menu Mm -hmm. with wine in a fancy restaurant. I've had Hanukkah macarons. I mean, I've had all sorts of things that aren't on my protocol. It hasn't kept me from losing weight. I have no guilt or shame around having mm-hmm. done those things because they're planned and they're intentional. Mm-hmm. That's the t- important part right there. That's the,
0: like the really important part. And that makes them actually enjoyable because yeah. you're doing it on purpose versus like going against your word.
1: And actually, there was time recently when I had sugar and I woke up the next morning oh. literally feeling like I was hungover when mm-hmm. I hadn't had a drop to drink where well, I was like, Wow. I might not enjoy sugar anymore. Like mm. from now on, it might just be a no. And it doesn't mean that I can't leave space for it to be, yes, I'm going to another holiday party on Thursday night where there will probably be a good dessert. And I have up until 24 hours before I go, because it's my protocol, I'll decide if I'm going to have the dessert or not. Mm. I think right now I'm leaning towards no because of how I felt after I had yeah. sugar the last time. But it's not, again, it's not like white knuckly or deprivation. I'm like, I'm just, right yeah. now, doesn't feel worth it. Yeah,
0: totally. So what would you tell somebody who's trying to decide whether or not to do the Yummy Mummy experience? Maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they're hesitant because they don't believe it'll really work. Or maybe they don't feel like they could figure out the financial investment. What would you say to them?
1: So I've listened to almost all your podcast episodes because I love you and I think you're an earth angel and you're wise and a guru, right? So I listen to (laughs) any Laura that I can get, I'll engage with. And I've heard you talk to a lot of people about the costs and Mm. with like a sort of meta story that it's a lot of money, $5,000. I actually have a different story around that, I think, because I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I understand the value of coaching. And second of all, I have a very clear eyed view of what top coaches charge. Mm. It's a steal. (laughs) And I like other people may not feel that way. And if you're considering making the investment, it may not feel that way now. So it's a steal, like that's a feeling that I have. I'll Mm -hmm. give a little bit of grounded reasoning as to why I feel that way. First of all, if you look at what the other options are to lose weight for the last time, the ones that are common and out there right now, whether they're those semaglutide injections Mm -hmm. or whether they're some of the monthly programs that have shakes and food bundles, they're somewhere between the same price to more expensive. So if you benchmark, the Mummy experience against its competitive set, it's not very expensive. If you benchmark the YMX coaching experience against other coaching experiences, that's when it begins to look like a real bargain. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I think you're able to keep the price so reasonable compared to other coaching experiences, Laura, is that it's a group container. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some people who believe that they need your full and undivided attention on them in order to lose weight for the last time that they can't work in a group. Mm. And what I would say is that the group is one of the biggest value adds of the entire program. I have these new friends whom I've never met in person. One day I hope I'll meet them. But even if not, like we have bolstered each other through this. Mm. We're in Slack together. We look every day at what everyone else eats. When someone has a day, and it's happened to every single one of us in our experience, when someone has a day that they've eaten off protocol, that they've broken their commitment to themselves, that they've had something hard happen and they've turned to food to cope with that, it normalizes the journey Mm. for every single one of the rest of us. And if we were only talking to you, you've really figured out how to do this work, right? You've mastered it. It's your life's work. Mm. Then- we might be holding ourselves up to a benchmark that we're just, we haven't reached yet. But when we're in it with all these other fallible people who are just like us, we see other people power through and it's like, well, if she can do that, I can do that. Yeah. And on the days when I'm like, well, I'm not sure I can do that. Everybody else in Slack is sure that I can do that. So I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and so Guess I have to believe them. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I don't want to be naive and say that $5,000 doesn't feel like a big chapter rate. But I just think for the value that you're getting, both compared to other weight loss schemes and compared to coaching, it's just not
0: that much. Yeah. I mean, I agree because I see what other people are charging and I see the results, you know, day in and day out of what you guys are getting. So I get that it's a hump for a lot of people. But in the end, you're going to be on this podcast saying the same thing, that it's totally a steal, which might sound totally crazy, but. Trust me, you really will feel like this is the best investment that you ever make.
1: Ever. And the other thing I think is that by doing the five months and three weeks of rewiring your brain to accept a protocol, that's like an insurance that you're losing weight for the last Mm -hmm. time. And if you don't, you get your money back anyway. And I know Mm -hmm. that you put the money guarantee there energetically to take it off the table that if it doesn't work, then you're out five grand. If it doesn't work, then you're not out five grand. If you honor the process and do the work, I I mean, I can't imagine how you would not lose weight
0: and for the last time. Oh, I know. I was talking to someone the other day. I'm like, it's literally impossible to not. Like you come in, you do the work, which is not that bad. It's not that hard. It's actually, in my opinion, very enjoyable. And it's impossible. It's like That's how I've designed it. I designed it so that it would be impossible for you to not... Lose weight.
1: Yeah. Well, because, and this is the secret that a lot of people don't know, and I didn't know before working with you. There are only two variables that make us not lose weight. Mm. One is the protocol, what we choose to eat or not to eat. And thank goodness in your system, that's an experiment. So we tweak it if it's not working. Or your brain and the stories that your brain is telling Mm. yourself around food. And we spend those five months and three weeks looking at the stories our brain might tell ourselves and cleaning up those that don't serve. So if you're working really hard and very compassionately on the only two variables that impact whether you can lose weight for the last time, mm. you're going to lose weight for the last time. Yeah.
0: So awesome. So good. Okay, Lynn, or anything else that you feel like
1: the audience needs to hear? Yeah. And this might sound kind of like something surprising. Guess what the best benefit of working with Laura is? It's not losing weight for the last time. Wait, what? That's what the whole thing is about. <laughs> but as Laura said earlier, and this is one of her mantras, you can't hate yourself thin. Mm. So really what Laura teaches us inside the experience is how to love yourself and love your body and love the thoughts that don't serve you as well as the ones that do. Mm. And that is so much more freeing and so much more delicious than any mm. teen size. Mm. So the fact that losing weight for the last time, which is this kind of end goal that so many of us have held for so long, mm. the fact that that's not the best part of this experience is mind-blowing <laughs> and so amazing.
0: I love that, Leonor. Thank you so freaking much. This is so helpful for all the people out there that are In the shoes that you were in just four and a half months ago, you are giving them such a gift by showing them that this is really, really possible. And so like from the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful and it's extra special because you're a coach and I just think that it's so cool to be able to support each other in this way.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's my honor to amplify what you've created and who you are. And I hope that these words will help many, many, many other people grow and self-love the way that i have working with
0: you thank you
1: you're welcome okay you guys go to
0: lauraconley.com click work with me doors are open for another seven days so get your booty in there by july you're going to be rocking your bathing suit and going down the water slide with your kiddos what is better than that okay i love you all i hope you all have the best week ever thank you again leonora cannot thank you enough you're just the absolute best all right you guys love you ciao ciao Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love it. Love it. If you leave a rate review and a subscribe on whatever you're listening to this podcast in pretty, pretty pleased with a cherry on top, it would help me so much and it would help all the other mamas out there hear this message. Thank you in advance. I really appreciate it. And you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It's my proven lose weight for the last time group coaching and course. Head to LaraConley.com and just click work with me. Other than that, you guys, I would love to give you a free gift. If you want your free listener only gift, go to com forward slash gift. And from there, you will get your free best ever weight loss hack. So cool. The last thing I want to tell you, you guys, is I do have a free Facebook group. It's called, you guessed it, the Yummy Mummy. Lose weight for the last time, end body drama, and get food freedom. You can just search that in Facebook, or again, you can head to the show notes, and you'll find the link there. All right, you guys, have the best day ever.